Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lenient Critic Podcast. My name is Rowan Wood. I am the founder and only writer for the Lenient Critic blog, which you can read right now over at thelenientcritic.com. Uh, and uh, for today's episode, uh, episode three, I am joined by my good friend, Jesse Gara. Jesse, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, First things first, uh, we are. This show is in its very early stages, so basically every guest is going to be a, fr- a, a first-time guest for a little bit. Um, Jesse, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into movies. I know I did not prepare you. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, wow. Okay, put on the spot. Um, I mean, I've I've loved movies since I was a kid. I started getting really getting into them when I was 14. I would say my entry-level movie was. The Grand Budapest Hotel by Wes Anderson. A mm-hmm. uh, lot, lot more I could say, but yeah, after, after that I just started watching a lot of movies and mm-hmm. I've been getting more obsessed with them every year. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, especially since I discovered, uh, ever since I discovered Letterboxd, it's been like, oh, yes. what, 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 what's on this list? <laughs> yes. How many of this list can I watch? Um yeah. So today we are going to review four recently released films. We are going to preview four upcoming films. We are going to do a spotlight on children's book adaptations. Uh, and then we are going to expand the universe a little bit with something else from the pop culture world that we have consumed in the last uh, month or so. So the first film we are going to discuss is the Disney Plus reboot of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. First of all, this is a journal, not a diary. Tomorrow is the first day of middle school. Luckily, I'm not alone in this middle school thing. I've got my best friend, Rally. Here's what you need to know. Watch where you sit on the first day of school. Don't use the bathroom on the second floor. And finally, don't get the cheese touch. Because if you do, you might as well be dead. Thank you, Roderick, for that wonderful pep talk. Now, uh, so just to preface before I read this summary, um, this is an adaptation of the, the book series that has been going on since 2007, I believe, uh, written by Jeff Kinney. Um, There has been a new book every year. I shamelessly confess that I continue to buy the new book every year. I uh, biked all the way up to Scarsdale um, in October just to get the new one uh, because it wasn't, they didn't sell it anywhere around here. Um, But uh, yeah, Jesse, do you have any any connection with the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series? Oh yeah, I I grew up on those books. I uh, ha- the last new one I read was um, uh, I'm, probably, I'm forgetting the title, but it's the it was the Valentine's Day one. I think it was the seventh one came out in 2012. Mm. Um, uh, is it? It's no. The last straw is the third one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 the titles have <laughs> have escaped me. It, yeah. It's really like the Valentine one, the road trip yeah, one. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I. Yeah, I, I absolutely love those books. Mm-hmm. Um, I reread them a couple times. It's been it's been a while since I've reread them, but yeah, I they hold a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this one is uh, it strictly adapts the first book in the series. Uh, the synopsis is as follows. Uh, Greg Hefley is a scrawny but ambitious kid with an active imagination and big plans to be rich and famous. He just has to survive middle school first. Um, to me, that summary doesn't really describe the film we get because, sure, like, you know, the the beginning of the Wimpy Kid series to anyone who has read the books or seen the films is pretty iconic. You know, I'll be rich and famous one day, but for now I'm stuck in a middle school with a bunch of morons. But that's basically the only time he mentions, oh, I, I, I want to be famous and I want to I do great things. And then it's just sort of 
middle, like low-level middle school antics for the next hour. Um, speaking of that, this movie is very short. <laughs> a little too short, in my opinion. Yeah. I yeah. was, I, I thought that it was an error or a glitch or something when I saw that it was only fifty-eight minutes. Uh, more of a TV special, honestly, than a movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. especially may, may, the animation kind of maybe gives TV special vibes too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's one of the reasons they released it straight to Disney Plus. Yeah. It, it's not yeah. theatrical quality, um, but I'm glad you mentioned the animation because, in my opinion, these characters are not meant to be 3D animated. They are yeah, 2D for yeah, a reason. Was, the hair was especially weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And especially characters like Manny, Greg's little brother, who has, like, the giant, like, oh crocodile. God, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's just, oh, Lord. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, despite what I've said, I enjoyed watching this for a, for the brief period of time that it took <laughs> up in my life. Um, and I think that was mainly the nostalgic factor. I Like, I, yeah. I, I've been seeing a lot of reviews from my friends. On, on Letterboxd, and it like not many people like it. I think it's like a, like a two star average. Yeah, it's on, very, on it's very low. Yeah. yeah. Um, but despite that, uh, before it was even released, uh, Disney announced that they were making a sequel. Roderick Rules is going to be on Disney Plus next year. Oh. And <laughs> I kind of hope they keep on going with these like year after year. If it's not costing too much, I mean, why not? Yeah. Um, especially because the. The books after, like the first few, start to get into like crazy territory. That's very. That's, that is yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, the cabin fever one is mm-hmm. very. I think crazy. this is a perfect place to bring up a theory that my friend Xander and I uh, had a couple years ago. We think that, hear me out. Greg Heffley died in the sixth book. He froze to death in his house. That was, of course, Cabin Fever, the snowstorm one. And the rest of the books are him in purgatory. Think about it. He never gets older because the first six (laughs) could could realistically take place within like a year or two years. And after that, the situations just get crazier and more unrealistic. Greg Heffley is in hell. Greg Heffley. No, I was was, was trying to do something there. but yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, I wish that this could be better. Yeah, I I definitely agree with. I mostly enjoyed it from the nostalgia for the nostalgia because it f- like I don't know if it was partly the animation or like just the fact that the characters look like how they look on in the books. Right. But um, I don't know. I just I just felt like I was I don't know like eight years old again reading the, the book for the, the first book for the first time mm-hmm. and yeah um nothing against like the casting and the in the live action um adaptation of of the book but um of course i feel like the voices and just the voices um of the characters kind of fit more how i heard them in my head mm-hmm. as reading the book right did you see good boys that came out in 2019. No, no, I didn't. One of the main characters from that, uh, the actor Brady Noon, plays Greg. Oh, so okay. that that's that's where like there was th- th- he was the only aside from the source material, it was the only recognizable thing about this movie. Like the director, the other actors, yeah, I had yeah. never <laughs> never heard of before. Um, and you, you know, honestly, I just think that's a testament to how little they really care about this movie because they could have sunk a ton into getting an all star cast into. Yeah. better animation but they they chose not to they chose to release it directly to Disney Plus and I think um, 
maybe maybe it is an indicator that they plan to get, to continue this. You know, I wouldn't mind if they did all sixteen books, and but but by then there's going to be another sixteen. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but. Um, yeah, so Diary of a Wimpy Kid, uh, if you want to check it out, go check it out. I feel like they made this to pull in new, like, kids who might want to get into the Wimpy Kid series, but I feel like it ended up appealing more to kids like us who grew up with the series originally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, did, uh, did you, have, have you seen the live action Wimpy Kids? Yes. I, I did not see the long haul. But I saw Don't. the <laughs> okay. It's terrible. Yeah. Um. But I I saw the um first three, uh, first one Roger Rules and Dog Days in mm-hmm. theaters. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I you have an edge over me there. I did not see them in uh, theaters. Um. I don't think I cared that much that back then about movies and such. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Those were iconic in their own right. Um. And. You know, b- before we, we wrap up, um. You know those live action ones mm-hmm. they. You know, they were a very realistic depiction of what Greg is 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 going through in terms of you know, like like this is what's happening on the screen. It's just what like what happened in in the book. But an animated movie, part of the beauty of animation is that they can theoretically do more with the characters, with the action. They can do crazier things that you couldn't do in live action, especially with the budget that they have. But they don't. <laughs> they they don't really do that. They just do a straight adaptation of the first book, you know, and like they don't even show Rowley eating the cheese. Uh, not that I want to see him eat the cheese, but yeah, I definitely th- I definitely feel like it was about like the length. It was definitely like I don't know, like there there was there was there was a good amount of stuff missing that was in the the first book. They cut out I the whole like play, the school play. Yeah, the school play. I was I was expecting to see the play since. You know, the piano shows up and Rowley mm-hmm. mentions the Wizard of Oz, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so what letter grade would you give Diary of Wimpy Kid? Uh, C plus, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would probably give it a B minus, and that is purely coming from my love of the source material. Yeah. If, I, if I had no connection to this, I probably wouldn't even want, have watched the movie in the first place. But, uh, yeah, so now we are going to move on to Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. This is my first time in New York City. I want to be happy here. I want to make a life at home. Are you ready? Tonight is about family. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. I've never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? Two youngsters from rival New York City gangs fall in love, but tensions between their respective friends build toward tragedy. Uh, the way that is phrased, you might expect, you know, it, it, it's basically saying it's Romeo and Juliet, yeah. but with New York gangs, which is all basically what it is. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's, let's, let's start with you, Jesse. What did you think of West Side Story? Um, I, <laughs> I liked it. I've, mm-hmm. I've been a bit skeptical since it was announced, since I'm personally not the biggest fan of remakes. Um, but, uh, once, um, I guess like a couple weeks ago, um, I saw, I saw a featurette, um, 
uh, of Spielberg talking about how much the the first film meant to him and how he was like it's my like life goal to um, adapt West Side Story. So I feel like that like personal touch made me a bit more excited mm-hmm. and interested to see it. Um, and yeah, I think it does a lot of things better than the original. Um, even though some, some things not as much, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of the original, honestly. Um, and this was, this was, uh, kind of on par with it, maybe a, a slightly better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know that I watched the first one for the first time on the same day that I watched the, the new one. Yes. So I was looking at it with, um, pretty fresh eyes, both of them with, with fresh eyes. Um, and I mentioned on the way back that um, we, we saw this together for, for context. Um, but I, I mentioned on the way back that I think that this one be, beat out the original in my mind, at least on first viewing, just purely because um, the original was not as colorful as this one. Granted, it was it, it, it was colorful, but with modern technology, with better cameras, with, you know, with more elaborate dance numbers. I think um, any, any, you know, big scale musical made now would edge out one made in, you know, made, made back then. Not necessarily, you know, the, the classics that could never be remade, like Singing in the Rain. I, I, I wouldn't, I, I, would not endorse a remake of that at all. But, you know, with, with, with West Side Story, you know, this Steven Spielberg version is, um, it's pretty much a scene-for-scene recreation of, of, of the 60s one. You know, maybe some of the dialogue is different. Um, but for the most part, all the, all the story beats are the same, which I expected. I, I expected it to be pretty much um, not shot-for-shot, shot, but scene-for-scene. Scene. Um, but, and, and I, I really like that. You know, I think Spielberg is... Um, you know he he he's never made at least that I've seen a a, a bad movie a terrible movie, um, and this you know it 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 lives up to you know what I think a Steven Spielberg musical would be. This is his first, I believe, um, at at least his first big one. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, or maybe I haven't seen all of his movies, so maybe mm-hmm. there's, yeah. Yeah. maybe there's one that um, I'm missing. But but yeah, yeah, I. I you know, this is exactly what I would have expected from from a, a musical from him. Um, but the cast in this movie is, in my opinion, what really makes it. Yes, um, I agree. I'm accepting Ansel Elgort from this. I think he's okay. Uh, but he's not, you know, I, I don't think he is meant to be a romantic lead. I think he does best, like Keanu Reeves, he does best with roles that are perfect for him, like Baby Driver. He was fantastic in Baby Driver. Uh, it was It was great. But here, I just don't really think he works too well. He can sing. Granted, he can sing. He has a great voice. Um, but Rachel Ziegler, who plays Maria, was what really yes. – she, she yeah. ruled every scene. Every scene she was in, every song, she was just incredible. Um, and this is her first – you know, her, her first role. She's going to be in Snow White. She's going to be in Shazam too. But, you know, this is – like her career is going to explode after this. Yeah. So – um, yeah, and we were talking on the way back about um, Riff, the leader of the Jets. Yes. Uh, he is played by uh, Mike Faist, who was in the original cast of Dear Evan Hansen. Right. Yeah, um, which I, I found out later because every time he was on screen and he, his voice <laughs> was so familiar and I could not figure it out. Um, but then I listened to Dear to the original Dear Evan Hansen uh, soundtrack and I was like, oh, that's him. That's Riff. 
Um, but yeah, uh, who were the standouts for you from the from the cast? Mike Faist and um, and Ra- Rachel Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Um, I also. Um, you have the cast list. I up, do. Right? <laughs> um, Corey Stoll. I did not know. I did not know that was him. Um, I did not catch that. I I liked. He really. F- to, I don't. I don't know. He did, he had. He has a smallish role. I, I definitely think Faced and Ziegler really steal the show. But yeah. in terms of like smaller supporting characters, I thought I really liked Corey Stoll as um, the lieutenant because he just kind of the way he was acting was kind of. Like he was coming out of like a fifties detective mm-hmm. movie. I don't know. It it helped me. It helped me kind. Of, it helped kind of immerse me into the into the time period more. And um, I also really liked Brian Darcy James as uh, um, as Krupke. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, lest we forget, uh, also Rita Moreno is in this movie. Right. Um, only I believe she's the only cast member from the original to make an appearance here. I could be Probably. completely wrong. Probably. Yeah. Um but she like she is amazing. You know, she's she's what, like eighty nine and she's still she's still killing it. Um I wouldn't be surprised if she gets an Oscar nomination for supporting actress here. Um yeah, I I, I was glad because it it, it, it it would be the perfect role for her here because there aren't a lot of like really older characters there, except for Doc, who owns the store that the Jets yeah. hide out in. So the fact that they um, that they made it his wife who owns the store now, um, even better. And and then she is there to give advice to Tony, and then to give advice to um, Anita and such. Um, I think that, it, it, that was one of the better changes that that the yeah. movie made. Um, but yeah, I you know we were talking about nostalgia with Wimpy Kid earlier. I had no really emotional connection to West Side Story, especially not obviously on the level that Spielberg had. I read today that he wanted to adapt it since he was ten, and and he first heard the uh, the Broadway version. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I I really enjoyed it. You know, it's quite long, uh, but I I, I I expected that going in. Um, so if yeah, so if you like West Side Story, if you don't like West Side Story, give it a try. You know, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, any closing thoughts before we rate? Um, I, I guess um, shout out to Ariana DeBose as mm-hmm. well. I thought she was she was very good too. Um, I mean, I th- I think she's definitely getting an Oscar nomination. Yeah, uh, this upcoming season. I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Spielberg, he has an eye for young talent. Um, and I think that's that's very evident in uh, in, in, in West Side Story for sure. Um, yeah, and un- un- unfortunately, uh, it underperformed at the box office in its first week. But also, yeah. you know, we're, in a, we're still in a pandemic. And, um, and you know, there, there's so many movies coming out this month. And big ones. So I'm yeah. concerned about. I don't. I don't think it'll do horribly, but right. I I am concerned mm-hmm. that you know with the bigger, um, more. Not that this isn't a blockbuster, but like vis- visual effects movies, mm-hmm. like right. uh, Spider-Man and the Matrix. Right. Well, I mean, if West Side Story was going to rule the box office, it would have been this week because next week. Yeah. Everything yeah. else, aside from Spider-Man, will be obliterated. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a, a little unfortunate, but you know, I mean, they they chose that release date. They knew what they were up against. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right, give it a letter grade. Uh, 
uh, I'm going to go B plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll go uh, just in, in, in keeping with the theme, not intentionally. I'm going to go A minus. <laughs> um, yeah, it was I, – I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, the musical numbers uh, impacted me more seeing it in, in, these one, in, in this one. I don't know if it was because seeing it on a big screen um, – or, or, or the acting or the directing, but everything, you know, every, everything seemed pretty competent in this movie in terms of production and, and, and character. So, um, yeah, and now we are going to move on to Encounter. I don't want to come see you, but I need to keep fighting. Everything I do is to protect you. Dad, we're back. Come here. Keep your eyes open. The game is called Get in the Car as Fast as Humanly Possible. You gonna let him beat you? It's okay. What's going on here? Road trip with my boys at 3 a.m. No, please, stop! A decorated Marine goes on a rescue mission to save his two young sons from an unhuman threat. As their journey takes them in increasingly dangerous directions, the boys will need to leave their childhoods behind. Uh, this is an Amazon Prime streaming release starring Riz Ahmed as, uh, as the decorated Marine, quote-unquote. Um, this is going to be a difficult movie to talk about without spoilers. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, we oh, we could maybe do a... a um, a postscript where where we talk about yeah. where we talk about some of the spoilers there because this is a movie you. The, so I, I rewatched the trailer before watching the movie and and like in the first fifteen minutes of of, of the movie I I saw what was going on, and I I I mean this movie did not I I had barely heard of this movie before I I saw it on the list of movies from this year and I was like hey we should cover that on the podcast why not aliens. Um, which just goes to show how poorly Amazon is marketing this movie and, and why it's probably – and why Riz Ahmed is probably not going to get recognized at the Oscars because oh, – no. yeah. No. Um, no. But yeah, another absolutely incredible performance from yeah. him. He's definitely, in my opinion, one of the finest actors of his generation. Yes. Um, but he's, his amazing performances, this one, Sound of Metal, they keep being pushed to streaming releases. And I know Sound of Metal was probably because of COVID. Yeah. But still – um, it's just a little unfortunate, you know. I mean, most people know him, would know him from Rogue One. I'm assuming um, that's that's where I first first heard of him. Um, and maybe Venom. N- maybe yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Venom two, yeah. Uh, Venom one, not not Venom <laughs> comma yeah, two. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, so Jesse, what was your experience with this movie? Uh, so I I heard about. I, I think it premiered at a festival mm-hmm. like a couple months ago or so. So that's how I heard of it, and because. I mean, it jumped out to me because, you know, I've loved Riz Ahmed since I first saw him in Nightcrawler. And I've just been, I've just, I've just been loving every single performance he's put out. And um, so really, initially, the only thing that was, uh, that interested me about this was that, was that people were praising his performance and that he was in it. Um, and then I kind of forgot about it. And then I was reminded of it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not what I expected. Definitely. At all. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I mentioned, it's so difficult to discuss this movie without talking. Because you know, whatever you think this movie is about, y- you may have seen some stuff online, but I advise anyone listening to avoid 
any writing about this movie. If if you yeah. have any interest in watching it, it's it's not what you think. Um, yeah, uh, I intended on putting on this movie in the background while I worked on my <laughs> on my final conference paper, um, but it I, I I could not work while I was watching this. It sucked me right in, and I think that was partly because of Rizaman and partly because the absolute. Um, shifting of, of my expectations with every minute, mm-hmm. um, at, at least in the beginning. Um, yeah, I really don't know where else to go with this. We might have to, we might have to do like a little bonus yeah. a- afterward. What? Uh, how? Like, how long into it does like does like the whole like? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, 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 it's like, like true nature. Fifteen twenty. Yeah, I want to I want to say fifteen twenty minutes. Right, because you you realize what's going on before the characters do. Yeah. Um, and even throughout the whole film, I was think I I kept on thinking, am I wrong? Is it going to be yeah. what it was advertised as? But it 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 it, it I won't say anything <laughs> after that. Um, I caught myself there, but uh, yeah, yeah, this movie was far more emotionally impacting than I thought it would be. Absolutely. I knew I, I had a feeling it would deal deal with family. I had a feeling it would deal just from the from the trailers that it would deal with relationships between fathers and sons and um, mental health, but I, I did not expect it to go in the directions that it did. Um, and yeah, just some some gorgeous filmmaking here, um, especially in in with with the locations. Um, and uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to do a bonus thing <laughs> after this. There is absolutely no way. And like, but what sucks is that not a lot of people are gonna watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's it doesn't have a great score on Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't. It's like in the fifties. I, I think it should be higher. I, I also think I it should, think be, it should higher. be higher. I think it's that's mainly because of the way it was advertised. Granted, I think it was advertised, the advertising that I did see was pretty clever. But if you had never heard of this movie and you went in thinking that it was, you know, having unrealistic expectations, then I think you would not get out of it what the movie wants you to get out of it. Um, We we are being so incredibly vague on this movie. (laughs) And if you watch it, you will see how hard it is to, to not talk about the massive elephant in the room. Um, so I think that's where we're going to leave Encounter <laughs> until later. Uh, we are going to do a little bonus afterwards. That should be I'll, – I'll post that at the same time. So that will be in the podcast feed as well. Um, but, yeah, now we are going to talk about a very limited release that we have both seen because we are currently in New York, which is one of the only places that it is playing. And we are going to talk about Licorice Pizza. It's a god-awful small affair. To the girl with the mousy hair. I met the girl on the one day. But her mommy is yelling no. And her daddy has told her to go. Listen, young lady. But her friend is nowhere to be seen. So how'd you become such a hot shot actor? I'm a showman. That's what I'm meant to do. To the seat with the clearest view. And she's hooked to the silver screen. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand, yeah, like sands. Like the ocean, like beaches. Barbara Streisand? No, like Streisand. Sand. Set in the San Fernando Valley in the 1970s, the film follows a high school student who is also a successful child actor. Um, that's also quite a vague summary, and I don't think it really, is. It really doesn't really does cover justice. Yeah. the whole plot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the latest from Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, currently playing in, I believe, as of recording, four theaters across the country. Um, four? Yeah, two in New York and two in L.A. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, this is a this is a really uh, <laughs> a really niche uh, review here. Of course, you know, probably critics have gotten screeners and such. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it is re- receiving a wide release December twenty fourth, so right before Christmas, and just to qualify for award season. Um, but yeah, uh, Jesse, what did you think of Licorice Pizza? I, so I'm, Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors, so this was, like, up there in terms of my most anticipated films of the year, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I I, I got to see this in 70mm, I believe you did, too. I did that as well, yeah. Um, It's my, my first time seeing a movie projected on film, and this was, like, such a good one to start with. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just... The, the vibes are immaculate yeah. in the movie and yeah I I absolutely loved it I would I, I would honestly say it's probably my my favorite of the year mm-hmm. honestly it's definitely up there for me as well um, I remember before any details came out about this movie they were keeping it incredibly secret the title yeah. the plot everything about it was was very um, under under the radar um, in fact it wasn't even on the radar at all Um but uh, yeah, and and when this was announced, I remember being very weirded out by everything I, I heard about it. The trailer was great; I really loved the trailer, and that made me excited to see it. Uh, it was my first Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Right. Um, right. I have not seen, and my first seventy millimeter movie, <laughs> seeing, seeing it on film. Um, but yeah, uh, I also really love Licorice Pizza. Um, big recommend for me. Um, let's talk about the cast. Uh, Cooper Hoffman, son of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, regular Paul Thomas Anderson collaborator, um, appears in his first film role. Yeah. Um, he's fantastic. He is. So yeah. good. Um, he plays Gary Valentine, who is a young entrepreneur in, uh, in California in the er- very early 70s. Um, and, I, I, and we see him go from one harebrained business venture to the next. <laughs> uh, and it's, it, you know, I heard that this movie was broken, like before I saw it, I heard that it was broken into sort of vignettes, and I can see why one would say that, but I disagree. Hmm. I think it's like, you know, granted, you know, every time Gary starts a new business, it's like the new chapter of of the story. Uh, but but that's basically the only thing that is split. There is there are many different through lines um, with many different characters. And sure, you know there is a there is a small portion of the film where they deliver a waterbed to John Peters, played by Bradley Cooper, um, and that's 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 pretty independent from 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 the rest of the film in terms of you, you know content. But that was actually one of my favorite parts. Um, Bradley Cooper is so good. Absolutely. <laughs> I, part of me wishes that, like, the whole movie was them just trying to escape um, right. John Peters, but he ke- they keep running into him, and he keeps, you know, making chaos. Yeah. Yeah. That was that – se- that sequence that, – that was probably the best sequence in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and uh, he, uh, Go- Cooper Hoffman is uh, acting opposite Alana Heim here. Uh, one third of the uh, of, of of the Heim sisters, who all, the other ones also appear in this movie, and the parents, and the parents, <laughs> which was like which was a fantastic touch. And like they're all pretty funny. They're yeah. like like they're all really yeah. good. Um, I think I read somewhere that their mother was Paul Thomas Anderson's teacher. Yes, when yeah. he was younger. Um, 
so yeah, yeah, strange, uh, strange little connection there. Um, but it, it 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 lends authenticity, like with with the family scenes, which I think are are, yeah, are part yeah. of why um, Alana Himes, who, whose character name is also Alana, um, why her character works so well is because she feels really connected to everything around her. Um, yeah, uh, who, if you had to choose one of the main cast members, I know it's. Really <laughs> Like the two, the two leads, yeah. or including the, the two leads, the, okay. the, the two leads, yeah. Because I mean, we spend the most time with them out of out out of all of the characters, evidently. Um, I'll uh, while you think, I'll go first. Um, I'm gonna say Alana, Alana Heim. Um, I think she there's there's a portion in this movie where Gary Valentine becomes very not like himself and. And he he just becomes a completely different person. And I understand the story motivations behind that, but it sort of comes out of nowhere. And I feel like Alana's character has more ha, has a better arc. She grows more. We we see her from the beginning, while Gary is basically the same character up until that up until that point in the film. Um, also, I like I, I I can't compare their acting. They're both. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to get nominations, but I would not be surprised if they were in the conversation. So, yeah. What about you? Um, I, yeah, I think I got to go Alana, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I, I, I totally agree. I think her arc was uh, much more interesting. I do think that, like, while they are, like, co-leads, I would say this is probably a little more her movie than... Yes. Gary's, um, and I feel like the the first poster was a good indication of that, considering mm-hmm. that she's like positioned in front of him and he's in the background. Yeah. And we and you know, for someone who has like been following this since last year, like everyone assumed that Cooper Hoffman was the main character, and that Alana Heim was just going to be a supporting character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I read I read somewhere recently. Paul Thomas Anderson compared Alana Heim to Daniel Day-Lewis and Joaquin Phoenix um, in terms of her unpredictability and this kind of un- almost unhinged quality she has, whereas C- Cooper Hoffman is a bit more, has a bit more of a comforting presence. And I, I have to think that's probably partly why I find her a, a little bit more um, interesting right. performance-wise. Right. Yeah, and if if you need any more indication as to why she is the the lead character, when we first when we open on the film, we are following her. We are not following Gary. Yes. Um. So yeah. Uh. So yeah. I. It sounds like it's a pretty big recommend from both of us. Um. If you can see like when it when it goes wide to the wide um to the great wide world. Um. It's 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 I I think it is a lock for a Best Picture nominee. I don't think it's going to win. Yeah. But I do think, yeah. Um, I do think it, 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 it's going to be there. Do you think it's going to get any other nominations? Uh, original screenplay? Mm-hmm. I would um, not be surprised. I, I think uh, PTA will, pro- will probably make director mm-hmm. unless something crazy happens. Uh, Alana could sneak in. I'm not, I'm not seeing it right now, but... Mm-hmm. If she gets a lot of support, I can see that. A lot of people are still sing- singling out Bradley Cooper, and it's such I, I wouldn't necessarily mind that. It's I, 
but I, it's such a short performance. Yeah. I do wish he was just in it more. More. <laughs> Wait, well, he's I mean, absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I mean, granted, Don Cheadle got nominated for an Emmy for like two minutes in the Falcon. And <laughs> right, the right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you never know. Um, yeah, I, I do think if Bradley Cooper had been in the film more, he would have. I'm, I mean, um, Sean Penn and Tom Waits are in the movie more than Bradley Cooper is. Oh, um, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably, yeah. yeah. Um, they're more consistent and they're more mm-hmm. like consistently in their scenes yeah. as opposed to Bradley Cooper. Even, even though Bradley Cooper gives the arguably best and more memorable performance. Yeah. Um, especially, you know... I'm glad that they that they hyped him up in the trailer because that made me excited <laughs> to see him on screen with the with the with the whole Barbara Streisand exchange. Yeah. Barbara Streisand. Um, yeah. I yeah. wish they kept that scene of him at what was it a car wash? Yeah, in there? yeah, 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 right. Um, because it was in it was in the credits when yeah. when they were crediting him. Uh, and and I just kept on waiting. When is that? How is that going to come into play? <laughs> and then when when he finally gets to the gas station, they cut away from him. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this movie was also decently long, which I thought was an uh, an interesting choice. Um, do you think that they could have cut anything out, or do you think it, it needed to be that long? Uh, it's like two hours and fifteen minutes. Tough question. Minutes, yeah, I, I mean, possibly. I, I mean, I just, I just, I just was really enjoying the world, and mm-hmm. I was just having a fun time. So I, I could have watched more, but uh, I, I would probably need to see it a second time to really see if there's any. Um, parts or scenes or story points that weren't completely necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's give it a letter grade. Uh, it could go up at the moment. It's a strong A- minus for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, we're going to agree. I'm also going to give it an okay. A-. Minus. Uh, yeah, it's uh, probably one of, one of the pro- – it's probably the best film of the year. I don't think it's my favorite. But it is That's definitely yeah. it's 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 definitely up there. Um, seeing it in film, I think it, it really added to the experience be, being the first, yeah. you know, especially because of when it went when, when it's set. Yeah. Um, and 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 especially because you know there are so few places that you can see movies on on, on film nowadays, um, and and it's it's just lucky that we happen to live close. I, I mean, we saw them at two different theaters. We saw yeah. them at the only theaters that are playing them in in in, in the Northeast right now. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So if it like if you can see it that way, I, I personally think that 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 would be the best experience. Um, but yeah, that is Licorice Pizza, and now we are going to move into coming attractions. We have four movies coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, that one of them has the potential to be uh, the biggest movie of the year, despite being released only a couple of weeks before the end of that year. <laughs> uh, and so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that first. That's Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, yeah, I don't. Aside from Avengers Endgame, I don't know if there's been a movie that I've seen more hype for than this one. It's, yeah, I'd say this is probably the, would you say this is the first since Endgame that has the most hype? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, you know, Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Eternals, they were good. But I also think Spider-Man's going to be good. But none of them had the, like, the massive Spider-Man fan base, had the massive, like, you know, just all the theorizing that I've seen online. Yeah. Especially, you know, d- d- you know the actors, Disney, uh, well, Sony rather, constantly denying that Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are not in No Way Home, <laughs> yeah. and then leaked pictures that come out, basically, and 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 you know, seeing various verifications on those. Um, yeah, I I just think it's 
it's it's it's pretty ridiculous. But I I, I honestly think people are going to look back on it and be very impressed with, you know, with the secrecy surrounding it, despite the many leaks. You know, I mean, like Endgame was arguably as big as this or, or, or bigger. And, you know, there were little to no leaks about it. I mean, all, all that I knew before it started was that there was time travel involved. Um, look at where that movie went. That's still my favorite. <laughs> Th- that's still my favorite MCU movie. Um, but yeah, uh, how do you, what do you think of Tom Holland as Spider-Man? Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Just, just on Twitter, I see a lot of people complaining that they don't like him and then that they prefer Tobey Maguire. I'm going to be shamefully honest and say I have not seen the Tobey Maguire movies yet. <laughs> I've, I've seen the first Andrew Garfield one mm-hmm. when it was in theaters. Don't remember it super well, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, I like Tom Holland. I think he's funny. I think he's awkward. I think. Um, he feels like a teenager. Absolutely. So I think that's a big part of it. I, I, I don't think Andrew Garfield really felt like Right. He's less teenager. obviously 30 years old than yeah. the other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen all of them except the second Garfield movie. I, I, right. I started – I watched the first one relatively recently. And I know, you know, they're, they're pulling all the villains back from, from yeah. the originals. Yeah. Um, so I got I to gotta watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 before, before Thursday. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie, I do believe, will break the internet. Um, yep. And that is why I plan on staying basically <laughs> off the internet until I see it on Thursday <laughs> e- evening. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, from e- even before the title was announced, even like right after Far From Home came out in, in 2019, I remember seeing like, oh, my God, you know, this is what's going to happen in, in Spider-Man 3, blah, 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 blah. And that was, that was like two and a half years ago. And just the, oh my God, the fact yeah. that it stayed, the fact that it stayed level, and and has even gone up since then is is mind boggling, um, because you know MCU sequels are pr- honestly pretty hit or miss. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, Iron Man two, Thor: The Dark World, not great, but for every one of those, we get Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and we get Guardians of the Galaxy two. Um, although weirdly enough, uh, the MCU threequels have usually been my favorite of the entire trilogy. Um, Thor, Thor, Thor Ragnarok, uh, Civil War, um, Infinity War, I really love. What was the... Oh, Iron Man 3 is my favorite MCU movie just below Endgame. I am an Iron Man 3 apologist. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't get the hate for Iron yeah, Man 3. I mean. Yeah, um, yeah I, I have always loved it, shamefully. Shame, shamelessly, rather. Um, no shame here. Um, but <laughs> no shame. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying I have super high hopes for Spider-Man No Way Home. I think there's no way that it can be bad at this point. Because of all they have riding on it, they cannot, like, they, there is no way they can make it bad. People are going to love it either way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not only because it's a Marvel movie, but because it's a Spider-Man movie. I've seen, you know, a lot of people don't like the Garfield ones. I thought the first one was fine, and I... I am sure I'm going to like the second one, even though it might have some flaws. All superhero movies have flaws. Um, but yeah, uh, this is this is probably one of my most anticipated of the year. Um, I'm happy that it comes out on my birthday, uh, which which is it's 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 a great little gift. Thank you, Sony. Um, but yeah, uh, where where did it stand for you in your uh, in your in your uh, anticipated movies of the year? Um. <laughs> 
I I mean I do I do like the the Tom Holland ones. I I like how they're essentially kind of high school romantic comedies. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm I wouldn't say it was that high. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm not the hugest superhero movie fan, but I um, yeah I'm, I'm interested to see it for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really not much left to say. I feel like everything has been said w- w- far too many times <laughs> on, 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 on the internet about this movie. And I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, there, we have less than a week to go. We are going to know what happens. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be insane, I'm sure. Uh, moving on, also releasing on December 17th. It is going to, un- unfortunately, I don't think it's going to do great at the box office because no. of Spider-Man. Oh. Right. Oh, man. This is uh, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Um, Guillermo del Toro is my favorite dire- my favorite director. He has directed Pan's Labyrinth, Shape of Water, two of my favorite movies. Um, so I am, of course, very excited for this movie, especially the cast. The cast Ooh. looks amazing. Um, yeah, wh- where do you stand on del Toro? Um, I've I've only seen. <laughs> uh, I need to watch more of his movies. I've mm-hmm. only seen Pan's Labyrinth and Shape of Water. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really, I really love Pan's Labyrinth. Um, wasn't as crazy about Shape of Water personally, Mm -hmm. but, um, I, uh, I, I'd say this is actually my most anticipated of the year, honestly, just Mm -hmm. because like dark carnival, like 1930s, I mean, it's set, I think it's set depression era. Yeah. Um, 1930s carnival, like that aesthetic and in the hands of Guillermo del Toro, like I was, and and with the cast, I mean, right. I was just like, this is, this is going to be gorgeous. Yeah. We, we have the mystery, we have the magic, um, which, which is just going to make it so, so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. The cast, you know, of course, Bradley Cooper, I've heard lots and lots about him. Um, I really, I'm dying to know what that yeah. final scene is. Yeah. Um, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, David Strathairn. Um, yeah, there is a Tim, friggin' Tim Blake Nelson. So much oh to look God, forward to here. It? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, this is probably this is up there for me too. Um, I can't see it until next Sunday just because I'm going home and things are going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm. So, so excited for this. And most of that comes from my love for Del Toro. But most of it just comes from um, I resisted seeing a trailer as long as I could, but one played before Licorice Pizza, so uh, I, I, I I did yeah. eventually see it. But, yeah. like, it, it, it did nothing to affect anything. It still looks fantastic, and I I can't really remember the trailer, honestly. Um, and as far as I can remember, it didn't really give away any sort of plot. Um, not like the second trailer for Last Night of Soho did. <laughs> <laughs> Last night in, in, in Soho, rather, in, in, in my yeah. opinion. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm so, so, so excited. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess moving on to December 22nd, uh, midweek release right before Christmas, we have Matrix Resurrections, um, the return to the Matrix, uh, which, you know, after seeing the third one uh, a couple of years ago, I really didn't think there could be another one. <laughs> they, they they really made it like there couldn't be another one. Um, but yeah, Jesse, what's your what's your opinion on the on, on the Matrix franchise? Uh, I I've only seen the first one, mm-hmm. shamefully. Yeah. Um, 
but I, of course, I love I love the first mm-hmm. one for it's easy. It's like up. It's maybe my favorite action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the trailer for this Matrix Resurrections is my favorite trailer of the year. I know that's an incredibly nerdy thing to say, um, but it's so good. So, so good. Um, and it just made me even more excited for this movie. And what is better is that it gave away none, absolutely none of the plot. I have no idea what this movie's about. Um, and, and you know, all, you know, trailers for blockbusters do that. Avengers Endgame did that. They gave away nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, except for they were going after Thanos, which was the first five minutes. Um, so, yeah, uh, I am in- incredibly excited for this. Um, I'm not the world's biggest Matrix fan. I love the first one. Um, and, you know, Keanu Reeves is great in it. I like Carrie Ann Moss. I held an umbrella for Joe Pantoliano once. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my claim to fame. Um, yeah, last last week on the podcast, I, I subtly flexed that my great-grandfather dated Lucille Ball in, in high school. And that's my, that's my connection to her. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but yeah, um, I really like the casting of uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II as Absolutely. the new Morpheus, maybe. Who knows? Um, he is, is rapidly becoming one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's lo- like, he looks, he's like perfect as, mm-hmm. as another Morpheus. Like, Absolutely. I heard, I like, once I, he appeared in the trailer, I was like, oh my God, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and it it just boggles my mind that he can be so good as not only Morpheus, Dr. Manhattan, <laughs> Black Manta, um, uh, Candyman. He can like like he has taken on all of these iconic roles at at you know a relatively young age at at the at the probably I'm thinking only the start of his career, um, and yeah yeah I, I, I he's probably the one I'm most excited to see. Yeah. Um, Hopefully we're gonna we're gonna get another whoa out of Keanu, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah uh, the Matrix Resurrections is most of my anticipated movies of the year are coming out this month to be completely honest uh, yeah um, especially you know movies coming out this month scratch every itch you know action superhero weird fantasy um, it 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 just makes me so excited for. Um, for the next couple weeks, honestly, because there is not much left in this year. And by the end of the year, we're going to know so much about what happens in these movies. And I I can't even imagine it. Um, So, yeah, uh, moving on to our last one, we have The King's Man, another franchise one. Uh, Nightmare Alley is the only non-franchise movie um, that we've talked about in the coming attractions. Um, Yeah, uh, this is a prequel to the Kingsman franchise set in during World War I. Uh, the trailer for this one, another one of my favorites. Uh, we have Ray Fiennes starring as the main character. Don't know his name. Um, but I really like the first Kingsman movie. The second one was okay. Um, but I am so excited for this one, not only because I love uh, historical like like stuff that is set during historical events. There's definitely a word for this, but stuff that is set during historical events and just plays with how it interacts with those historical events, but it's just so ridiculous and so crazy. That's what this movie looks to me. The fights with Rasputin. Uh, uh, Tom Hollander plays all three of the European monarchs who are fighting in World (laughs) War I, which is so funny to me because they were all cousins. And that's what, yeah, it's just little touches like that that make it, um, that make me so, so excited for this movie. Um, 
Have you seen all the Kingsman movies? <laughs> Shamefully, again, I have not seen any, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, yeah, when I first saw this trailer, I'm like, I, I really got to get on it, and I, I haven't. The, tra- the trailer, the trailer's been out for a while because it was in it, it was initially intended to be released um, last year during COVID. Yeah, yeah, it, it it was supposed to come out last year, and then they pushed it to February, yeah. and then they they kept yeah. on pushing it. I'm glad it's being released in December. Because yeah. if like if, if they pushed it and they kept it in February, I would have been very concerned. Um, not like uh, not like Morbius and Scream and the movies that are releasing in January and February <laughs> that I am uh, getting a little more concerned about. Um, but regardless, uh, yeah, get get on get on watching at least the first Kingsman. The yeah, second yeah. one, I've heard you, great things. You about don't the have to watch. One. The best thing about the second one is that Elton John shows up and starts. Beating I the have se- I yeah. have seen that yes, clip sir. and uh, <laughs> seeing it out of, out of context, dogs. I'm like <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I am so excited for this movie. I love the franchise. You know, I, I um, my dad liked the first one, but he's not as excited for this one, um, which I just don't understand. In fact, this one looks better to me than both of the other ones would, would have. It. Exactly, it's like, Rasputin. It's World War One. It's it's like yeah, yeah it's it's like ni- nineteen seventeen on steroids. Exactly, and uh, not all one shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that will close the coming attractions for this week. Uh, we are going to cover on the podcast, not Jesse, unfortunately, um, but uh, I'm going to cover uh, all four or at least three of the four on next week's episode. Um, uh, not next week's, uh, the episode in two weeks, which is going to be crazy. In two weeks, I've seen all these movies. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we are going to move on to the spotlight. This week we are talking about our top five children's book adaptations because of the release of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I figured it was only right. Um, so, Jesse, how we're going to do this is uh, we are going to each count down from five. Uh, you can start. You talk about your number five. I'll talk about my number five. You talk about your number four and so on. Um, so what is your fifth favorite children's book adaptation should uh should i do honorable mentions we'll We'll talk about honorable mentions afterward okay afterward sounds good um yeah uh i i did have trouble ranking Mm -hmm. um (laughs) there's so many there's so so many many good ones too so it's it's a very loose ranking like any of the honorable mentions could easily be in there but uh my number five i went with Coraline. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I love, I, I, I love stop motion animation. I love, I love the creepiness of it. I think I, I love Coraline as a character. Um, yeah, I, um, I, 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 I really like it. It's, yeah. I, I, weirdly, there's a good amount of films in my top five here that are, creepy in some way <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know i don't know what that says but i, I do like some, a little bit yeah creepy kids movies right, i mean for some reason children love watching tame creepy things yeah, uh, yeah. and re- reading about them too like I, I i i'm sorry if i'm spoiling your list but james and the giant peach the movie terrifying um especially the uh the weird animation but regardless uh are you good yeah. okay yeah. um so my number five is the lorax is that higher on your list because if it's so we're going to do a, a a trump rule if you have or if, if either of us have one uh mentioned something that is higher on the other's list the other can trump it and we'll discuss it when we get to theirs so is the lorax on your no. on, in, in your top five all right cool 
Um, yes, I love how they took a very, very basic children's book and stretched it out to be way longer and way more complicated than it needed to be. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. Uh, I love the music. I love the really, like, everyone is overacting here uh, in, in their voice performances. Danny DeVito is great as the Lorax. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, just... I don't really know beyond that why I love this movie, only that I think uh, part of it, and probably with some of these, uh, these other ones, is the nostalgia factor. Yeah. Um, I, I read The Lorax. I've always loved Dr. Seuss, um, the the author, not the man. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a good distinction. Um, but yeah, and, and, and so I have... I, ever since I saw it for the first time, I've, I've loved this movie. Um, it's it's fun to look at. It's very colorful. Unlike Diary of a Wimpy Kid, they do use animation to their <laughs> full advantage. Um, and and it, it's, it's just a really fun movie. You know, for kids and adults alike, there's a lot of adult jokes in there that I did not catch the first time I saw it. Um, yeah. All right. Jesse, your number four. My number four is uh, the 1951 Alice in Wonderland. Interesting. Um yeah, I, I, I just um, mo- except of my five, there's only one that I've actually read the the book that mm-hmm. it's adapted from. This is not it. Mm-hmm. This is not one of them. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I love the weird world. I love the creepiness of it. Yeah, it's I, I I guess I've always just really responded to to the the wackiness of it since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Yeah, it, it's one of the more existential Disney movies from that era. Yeah. Um, it, it 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 is not afraid to get super weird, um, yeah. which I which I, I really liked. I, I I haven't seen it since I saw it when I was a kid, but I remember really liking it. Um, I think. See, when I think of Alice in Wonderland, unfortunately, I think of the Johnny Depp one first because I saw because I watched that one in the sequel more more recently. Um, speaking of which, the first one not terrible. Second one, yeah, kind of terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I remember really, really liking it. Um, my number four is The Hobbit: An, un- uh, an Unexpected Journey. Um, I know we've 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 talked about The Hobbit before, um, but so they came out on my birthday every year, uh, or or at least in in the same week. So right, I always used right. to go to them uh, for my birthday, and so for that reason, I was always so excited to see them, and for, and for that reason, I ended up loving them. And last summer, I thought maybe I'm just looking back at them with rose-colored glasses. Maybe they're really not that good. Maybe they are as bad as people say. So I did a full Lord of the Rings and Hobbit extended edition marathon, and I found out yes, the Hobbit. Um, the Hobbit still holds up. It is still th- – th- these are still three very good movies. Granted, when compared to Lord of the Rings, they are they are not even visible. <laughs> but you shouldn't compare everything to Lord of the Rings because mm-hmm. there's not much that is better in my opinion than the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and I, I, I guess I could have done the whole Hobbit series here, but I think the first one is the best one, um, not only because it has um, – you know – they are not afraid to start off with 40 minutes of Bilbo living alone and hosting the dwarves before they get into the actual <laughs> right, adventure. Right. Of course, I am I am flabbergasted at how they um, 
stretch 200 pages of book into three, like, th- three-and-a-half-hour movies <laughs> when you're talking about the extended editions. Um, but I, I do think that with what they had, they, they did a pretty damn good job. Um, granted, the sequels are also amazing in my heart purely because uh, part of the reason because of Benedict Cumberbatch as Smog the Dragon. Oh, He's so yes, good. One yes. of my favorite uh, voice performances from the last decade. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the videos of him crawling around on the floor in the just about to say (laughs) amazing absolutely amazing amazing. Um, so yeah so The Hobbit uh, The uh, Unexpected Journey is my number four but I'm just really going to loop the the rest of them in here too Um, they they are just they're slower than The Lord of the Rings granted The Lord of the Rings can be slow at some points too Um, but The Hobbit is, is is just such a great children's story and I like that the movies made them slightly more mature while also in keeping with the spirit of Middle Earth and the world that it's inhabiting. So, yeah. So, my number three is uh, none other than Shrek. Ah. Which, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know that it's adapted Mm -hmm. from a book. I remember, like, being maybe like nine or ten years old in like the children's book section in Barnes and Noble, and I happened upon book that book called Shrek, and I was like, "Wait, what? They made a book based out of on the movie?" movie? <laughs> and I read more, and it's it's a it's a weird picture book from I think the early '90s, and yeah, I was I was pretty surprised, and I think the movie definitely. It's very different from the picture mm-hmm. book. Um, but, yeah, that movie, I ha- I mean, it, it was on all the time when I was a kid. So I, I think of, of it, it holds an extremely special place in my heart. Um, it's really, really funny. Um, I love the characters. And, um, yeah, Shrek is... Shrek is great. <laughs> I remember reading the book years and years ago. Um, very strange. So strange. Yeah. Um, and, you know, basically everything that is iconic about the movie, it, like, like, is exclusive to the movie. I mean, like, yeah. it's it's really just that he's an ogre and he lives in a swamp alone, right? Um, I think, and I think there is still a princess. But, the, like, that's yeah. it. There's no, there's no donkey. There's no, like, there's fairy There's no puss in, bo- puss in boots. Right. There's no, there's no gingerbread man. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like like the whole fairy tale world thing they they put in the movie, yeah. which I think works better for a movie. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, the book doesn't need to be anything more um, than than what it is. Um, but yeah, Shrek, Shrek is amazing, absolutely amazing. It, it did not make my list, but m- I have a feeling most of your list are going to be in my honorable mentions, and most of my my list is going to be in yours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, my number three is Martin Scorsese's uh, Hugo. Um, I was in love with this film when I saw it uh, in in the theater, even though I had just spilled a massive whole thing of popcorn on the floor. So I was freaking out about that because I was it was 2012. I was nine. Um, but yeah, th- this movie is so gorgeous. Um, it's pretty long, and I really didn't remember it being that long, which just is a testament to how good it is that it can keep a nine year old's attention for almost three hours. 
Um, Asa Butterfield, Chloe Grace Moretz, they are both fantastic. And I believe Ben Kingsley plays George Melier. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, some just absolutely amazing performances. I really have to revisit this. Um, I have read the book. Have you read the book? Yes. Yeah, it's the book. Uh, the book is amazing, gorgeous as well. You know, with Brian Selznick, um, his 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 very unique method of 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 there being as many pictures, if not more pictures, than they are than there are words. But you know, when people say a, a picture tells is worth a thousand words, with him they are. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, this movie just is gorgeous. It's emotional. It's incredible. I recently watched. Um, they they added for the uh, Turner Classic Movies Festival type thing on HBO Max. They added a ton of of Melier content, and I had never seen them before. And watching A Trip to the Moon for the first time brought me back to watching Hugo where we see them where we see them staging scenes from a trip to the moon right, right. and just seeing you, you know just how um, revolutionary a lot of the stuff he did was because you know most most people don't think of Hugo of a, as a story about making movies but to an extent it is George, George Melier is such a is such a big part of the story um, so yeah Hugo is is you know, I mean, we've come to expect this from Scorsese at this point. But honestly, Hugo feels quite different from a lot of his other work. That's um, like kind of his first family movie, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Um, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no gangsters uh, sh- shooting people at restaurants in in this one. Um, but yeah, Hugo. You know, all of the ones on this list are are full throated recommends if you have not seen absolutely. them. Um, but Hugo is like if. If you need someone to keep the kids entertained for three hours, Hugo is a – you could do <laughs> much worse than than, than Hugo. Um, so, yeah. So my number two is um, the 1940 Pinocchio. Interesting. Um, another pretty creepy and terrifying one, <laughs> one mm-hmm. that I – certainly haunted me when I was a kid. Um and I revisited it a couple of years ago, and I was, I was kind of, I mean, it definitely, I was kind of, I was almost as scared as I was when I saw it as a kid, but I was struck by kind of how bleak yet profound it is, because it's essentially about a, you know, Pinocchio wants to be a real boy, he wants to do, like, human things, and he, you know, leaves... Geppetto's house when he's not supposed to, and then he gets kidnapped and gets, gets turned, turned into, into a donkey. A donkey. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like it's like you know we we come into this world you know very very innocent and you know optimistic as children, and then you know we see that you know out in the out in the real world you can be taken advantage of and have your identity stripped. And, right. Um, yeah, terif- it's 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 creepy and terrifying, but I I don't know. I th- I think it's I th- I think it's underrated personally. Right. I mean, it's it's a beautiful and timeless story despite when it's set in you know, it's set in, you know, where is it set? It's set in sort of like uh like it's not medieval, but it's is like it, it, it's like late it, 19th century, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Pro- probably around the time the book was written, right? Yeah. Um but yeah, I know Del Toro has a Pinocchio movie yeah, coming oh out next year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I also can't wait for that because yeah. stop motion. Yeah. And heard it's going to be cr- even 
heard it's going to embellish the creepiness too. Mm-hmm. So good, good. <laughs> um, Might like that even more than the 1941 book. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I remember reading the book Pinocchio when I was younger. Um, it was I, I remember it being much stranger than than the movie. Um, I expected that um, because you know Disney was not yet at the uh, Disney was not yet at the point where they were willing to experiment like they did when they got right. to Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. So it's a very safe story yeah. um, that that the message is very clear. Uh, but you know Disney's always been good at at, at delivering their 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 messages, their morals, um, and uh, and and yeah, as you mentioned, Pinocchio was the perfect example of that. Um, I haven't seen this in this movie in so long. But you know, it's 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 one of those all-time classics, you know, in terms of animation. Um, no matter who made it, no matter how scummy they were. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Um, all right, yeah. My number two. Stop me if you have this one. Is the Wizard of Oz? Really, really, really. It, really? <laughs> it's in, it's in my honorable mentions. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll get. Yeah, I mean, um, I spoiled one, but. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so The Wizard of Oz has been uh, one of my favorite movies ever since I was younger. Uh, it's iconic in almost every way. You know, things that you would never have guessed came from The Wizard of Oz came from The Wizard of Oz. Um, and, you know, most of these movies that we've talked about, the movies are more iconic than the books. Um, there's just a, you know, a way that, that movies tend to infiltrate, um, you know, infiltrate the public sphere better than, than than some books do, no matter how classic the books are. The exception to this would pro- would probably be, uh, at least on my list, The Hobbit. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the Wizard of Oz, the music's great, the sound is great, the, the acting's pretty great, um, and yeah, it's just so, so classic. I will rewatch this at any opportunity. Um, yeah, I don't really know what's what more there is to say it's just su- such a good classic film yeah yeah um, everybody knows yeah <laughs> uh yeah and and it was watching the movie that made me want to get into the oz lore and i don't know if you know this but l frank Baum wrote like 30 something or like 20 something oz, oz books oh, really? so many and i think i own almost all of them it gets real weird and real crazy i remember my dad loved showing me and my sister Return to Oz. Mm, yeah. That's Gave the me nightmares. That's the weird, like, nightmares 80s live action. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one was a lot for me as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, so after the first one, Dorothy becomes, like, a side character. She, like, like oh, interesting. In, in the whole series, because in... Um, in Return to Oz, or the, the book, at least, we meet uh, the character of Ozma, who is who was turned into a boy when she was younger, but she's actually the princess of Oz, and 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 so um, her throne was usurped by the wizard and the wicked witch of the east, or something along those lines, and so she sort of becomes so like Oz becomes peaceful again under her rule, um, and uh, yeah, and 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 then you know we meet Jack Pumpkinhead, the scarecrow is is the wizard for a while, and and. Uh, um, yeah, and like 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 the witches come back at some point, and they all like 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 unify again, and it's so weird. Um, there are also Oz comics that I don't Ooh. know if are, are canon or not, but there are some really good ones. A lot of them have to do with kings from other lands wanting to like get with Dorothy, oh. <laughs> which is very strange. Oh, okay. um, wow. Yeah, like the Ice King. 
the, the the Woodland King or something. There was one where they broke like a time loop in the woods. There's like 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 this woman got pissed off at this guy, and so she she trapped them both in a time loop. And is the Oz books are crazy, <laughs> but Damn. yeah, if you, <laughs> if you can seek these out, like they're like they're really good too. Um, I think. So, like just like the Dune books, I think someone continued them after he died, and they just weren't the same. Yeah. I haven't read any of those, um, but yeah, uh, the Oz books are, and you know, I feel like I've gotten kind of off of the the, the original movie, <laughs> um, which is uh, which is better than anything else I've mentioned. Um, but yeah, so so good. Um, I just love this weird little universe, and you know, as evidenced by your reaction, a lot of people don't know how big the Oz, the world of Oz really is, um, and. You know, most people only know the movie, which is good, but hopefully it can. this movie can be the jumping off point for others, just like it was for me to delve into this yeah. this universe of Oz. So, uh, all right, we've come down to it. Our number one picks. Jesse, what is your favorite children's book adaptation of all time? Um, I went with Watership Down, mm-hmm. which could be argued as not a children's book. I mean, it, it, I, I looked on Wikipedia and it was under children's books. Right. So I was like, Wikipedia knows totally. <laughs> um, it's it's an allegory with with rabbits, and it's like I didn't watch it as a kid. I watched it when I was maybe fifteen, and I was I I had like I had heard about it, and I had you know like known that it was like like supposed to be for kids but i was like this thing is terrifying (laughs) but i was like this i mean this is really cool and really smart but it's so like but like a lot of the sequences in that movie just have really stuck with me and i i love the 70s 2d animation and um yeah it's it's dark but really 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 thrilling also Mm-hmm. Uh, you want me to disappoint you real quick? Uh, I have not read, nor seen, nor know the story of Watership Down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get right on it. I promise. Have you heard? Have you heard of it? I, I've, okay. I've, I've heard okay, of it. Okay, that's sure. fine. I know there was the there's a '70s movie, and then they did a CGI uh, miniseries. I think. <laughs> yeah. Like a couple years ago. Did yeah. you Did you see that? No. It, it, the animation bought the animation from the trailers bothered right. me, so I was like, eh. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah. So uh, my number one is The Nightmare Before Christmas. A lot of people don't know that this is an uh, is an adaptation as well. I I believe. um, Lord, let me let me double check this real quick. Who wrote it? Um, But uh, yeah, this this has always been one of my top five favorite films of all time. it is uh, it is based on uh, a poem by Tim Burton, um, and I looked it up. Technically classified as a children's book, um, so yeah. Uh, so so you know, like a lot of people say, you know, you know, Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas, even though he didn't actually direct right, it. Right. Yeah. I mean, knowing that he, you know, it, it was mainly him you know, coming up with the story and such. I feel like we can confidently say that, that it is Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, not uh, not just because, you know, his, his fingerprints are obviously all over this thing. Yeah. Um, everything about this movie, I rewatched it recently, has impressed me to this day. Um, the fact that they convey a decently complicated story in, like, 
in like 70 minutes. Yeah, it's very short. Very short. Yeah. Um, the stop motion is absolutely fantastic. There are some really good jokes, like the two, like the literally two-faced politician is great. <laughs> yeah. The songs are so hummable. I got them all stuck in my head after I saw this. Um, and it's, it's just a really, really pretty um, story. And, uh, and, yeah, uh, Danny Elfman is, you know, t- it's Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, but Danny Elfman is the MVP here. He not only wrote all of the music, but he did the singing voice for Jack Skellington as well. Yeah. Um, I've heard varying accounts as to why they didn't use Chris Sarandon. Either he couldn't sing, he didn't want to, <laughs> or Danny Elfman felt too attached to the songs. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, this movie is is gorgeous. It's glorious. Um, and there is virtually nothing that could bump it out of my of, of, of my top five. Um, they did a concert. Like, right after I rewatched this, the week that I did, they did a concert in Los Angeles, Nightmare Before Christmas Live, where they brought in all the actors who were still alive, except for uh, Catherine O'Hara wasn't there, and, uh, and Chris Sarandon because it was a musical. Um, but Billie Eilish sang Sally's song, wow. which... And, and, like, I watched the video from it, and I was like, I want to be there so bad. It looks so cool. Danny Elfman conducting the orchestra and singing the songs. Oh, I wish they did it in a year that it wasn't COVID. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas has and I believe always will be up there for me. So, um, yeah, those were our top five children's book adaptations. Uh, Jesse, some honorable mentions from you. I'm, I'm really upset because I – did not do my research mm-hmm. and did not include Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. because I yeah. didn't know it was. <laughs> uh, where where, where would that rank for you? Would it would it bump, I, bump any of them? It would honestly probably be number one. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I that's another movie I like. Honestly, like I th- actually I think my first favorite movie was Ghostbusters mm-hmm. when I saw it when I was five. After that, it was Nightmare Before Christmas. My babysitter uh, showed me the film. I got absolutely obsessed with it. I watched it like every day to the point where she let me, (laughs) she just let me keep her VHS copy. (laughs) Like I, I have like a, I made like a Jack Skellington, like paper cutout. Like I have, yeah. Like I adore the movie. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you said a lot of the things that I love about it too. Like it's, I just, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but I just love it. So good. So, so good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. My honorable mentions list would – I did not make one, but it would probably include uh, the ones that you mentioned aside from Watership Down and Ghostbusters uh, – on uh, Coraline, which I haven't seen. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean the Diary of a Wimpy Kid live-action films, I really like them. They're not amazing, but they're fun. Um, they're, they're better adaptations of the, of the book series than, 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 than this one is. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I um, – you know, children's book adaptations, I don't know, like children's films in general. I don't know why, but even as I'm getting close to 20 years old, I know you're closer than I am. Um, you are, right? 21. 21, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I just like, I, I, I keep finding myself going back to the movies that I loved when I was a kid. Yeah. And most of them still hold up, which I think is, is, is really cool. Um, granted, if we were to include this to to being children's movies in general, I'm sure our list would would change at least slightly. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, children's movies, um, the fact that they continue to be accessible even now uh, are it, it's just it 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 boggles my mind a little bit. 
also mm-hmm. forgot forgot to add my other honorable mentions mm-hmm. would be yeah. The Wizard of Oz. Of course. For sure. I grew up on that movie as well. Was on all the time. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's a good one. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Which um, I'm maybe not as crazy about as other people, but I still love it. Um, the Iron Giant. I haven't seen it. I, I, I only I got it. Yeah. It's, I only saw it a couple of years ago. I didn't grow up with it, but mm. uh, great, great film. Very, very emotional. And um, uh, I, pro- I also think I should have made room for Hugo because right. I, I do love Hugo as well. Um, I think, like, I have to imagine that that um, started my like kind of kicked off my interest in film history because I remember after reading the book and seeing the film, I I like started reading a lot on Georges Méliès and the silent film era. So I, yeah, Hugo, Hugo's great. Hugo is great. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so before we wrap up, we're going to expand the universe a little bit, talk about something that we uh, that we saw, something that we read, something that we played, something that we listened to, whatever we want to say uh, from the pop culture universe recently. Uh, Jesse, you want to start us off? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this prompt. Um, from the pop culture universe. Yeah, yeah, just like an album, a movie, a show. Anything that you've watched or a book even. I can start off if you want. Yeah, maybe if, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so a couple nights ago I watched a Norwegian low-budget horror movie called Dead Snow. Um, this is about uh, a couple of uh, some teenagers that go to an abandoned cabin in the in the snowy wilderness. Sound familiar? Uh, because it is, except for the part uh, about the Nazi zombies that suddenly rise from the grave for abs- for seemingly no reason and start killing them. Uh, I knew exactly what this movie was before going in, and it totally delivers on everything. It's really violent. It's so much fun. It's actually pretty funny, too. I don't know if it's trying to be funny, but it is. Um, so many plot holes. So many logical flaws. <laughs> um, and it is technically a foreign film. Uh, it's, 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 it's from Norway. There's virtually no English in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so if you like campy, low-budget horror, Dead Snow is a great way to go. So, yeah. So any any movie? Any movie. Okay, good. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've 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 been busy with with work, but mm-hmm. um, but I have seen a, a, some new releases. I I saw the documentary Flea, which yes. I thought was fantastic. Um, it premiered at Sundance in January, and I heard nothing but raves mm-hmm. from there. And I've been eager to see it since. And I can tell you, it's I I think it lives up to the hype easily. One of the best of the year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it, like, surprised me in many ways. I went in kind of knowing that it was going to be, you know, an animated documentary with, you know, recreations of, you know, uh, an, Af- an Afghan, an Afghanistan immigrant's uh, struggles to um, flee Afghanistan. And um, when, when they were, uh, like, a kid, especially, um, mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it was still just a very gripping and emotional and powerful film. So I highly recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I've heard very good things about it. Um, I want to go see it, but unfortunately I am leaving in a couple of days and I, I can't make it to the city yeah. and, um, before then. Um, 
Do you think it's a contender for best animated feature? Or best documentary? Do you think it's and international as and well? International <laughs> film. Some people because uh, since Sundance, people were suspecting like it could get in all three, and then after right. that, is picture possible? Right. I don't think picture is possible, mm-hmm. honestly. But I think it could win documentary. I don't think it will win international. I, I think I think documentary is definitely the strongest one. That's the one that it could most easily win, but. I think I think it could get into all three, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Once I once I see it, maybe we could do a little bonus thing on it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, Jesse, uh, is there anything you want to plug before we go? Where where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse Guerra. I I can spell my name J E S S E G A R R A. Um, I'm also on Letterboxd um, at Jesse Guerra. <laughs> <laughs> or you can search the the Royal Jester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want cool content like this a couple times a week, you can go to theleniencritic.com. That's uh, L-E-N-I-E-N-T, theleniencritic.com. I'm also on Twitter at Bits of Joel, and you can find me on Letterboxd as well under my name or the Screen Avenger. So for Rowan Wood and Jesse Guerra, I want to thank you very much for listening to the Lenient Critic Podcast, and we will be back next week with another episode. 